One night, while wandering aimlessly around the streets of New York City, Holly Rankin, aka Jack River, started thinking about her life. She was questioning her music career, she was chasing a love interest, and this walk led her to a certain bar, and that led to writing Fool's Gold. This song has become one of the favourites on her debut album, Sugar Mountain. It's a hottest 100 hit, and it's got this bass line that has audiences screaming it back to her on stage. Welcome to Inspired with me. I'm Linda Mariano, and coming up in this chat, you'll hear the Fool's Gold story alongside her earliest demos and some handwritten diary notes. This is the delightful Jack River Fool's Gold. On Triple J, that is my song, Fool's Gold. And that is Jack River. What a wonderful introduction to you for Inspired and talking about that song today, Fool's Gold. We are. I feel like we've gone full circle as well because I premiered that song with you when that song oh, first Oh, that's came so special. Out. I was thinking this morning, it's so cool to come back and visit you on radio and talk about things and you've been there all along. I know. We've had a long journey together. Yeah. And it's continuing. So today we are talking about that song, which ended up on your debut record, Sugar Mountain, Fool's Gold. We're going to talk about the whole story that weaves itself behind this song. And to help us with some of that magic, you've brought in old demos. We've got notebooks as well. Tell us what you've brought in. Yeah, it's like a scrapbook, like the ones you get really excited about when you're in year two. Got big water stains that have created a tie-dye effect in the corners. And, yeah, just a big dork book, really. <laughs> You're going to sell that dork book for a lot of money one day. I doubt it. <laughs> Jack River, talking about Fool's Gold. So take us into the situation that became Fool's Gold. Fool's Gold was written, I think it was in August 2016. I was in New York. I'd gone there on a bit of a riding trip and also I just had like a long-term obsession with going to the States and getting a big dose of dream fuel and on my way over there I'd, I visited someone who I had a crush on <laughs> I don't think it was a reciprocated crush anyway that's like one little thing and then I, I got to New York and I was there for career stuff for early Jack River stuff I don't think I'd released any music or maybe I just released music but basically my career was still feeling like what's happening like nothing was happening and <laughs> I'd been chipping away for like many years everything when I got to New York like on my own just started to culminate into this feeling of like what are you doing what are you chasing like why isn't anything happening and I was staying on my own and you know when you're traveling you like if you get a big emotion it kind of is bigger because you're on your own and you're traveling you, you think you're in a movie and stuff and <laughs> I left my apartment and went out walking I was staying in the Lower East Side on my own and um I found the streets I was walking it was Orchard Street, Ludlow, Essex like just below East Houston Street I just started walking and thinking 
all these things through at once and I thought like firstly okay this guy in LA why isn't that working and I remembered that he said to me he doesn't like roller coasters and in that moment I was like well shit like I love roller coasters how could you not like roller coasters <laughs> you don't like roller coasters how could you ever love a girl like me I was like that's a bloody great lyric because I felt like a roller coaster at the time mm. and I was like okay let's keep walking let's keep figuring this out I was like on a big mission to just feel clear and I walked past a florist and they had like little stars I think I don't know what they were, like jewellery or just something knick-knacky in a packet. And I was like, Our stars came in a packet of two. And I was like, okay, this is a good walk. Keep walking. And then I hit East Houston Street, which is like a big highway street, and looked over and the bar Fool's Gold was there. And it just, it's like a big old Irish pub, I'm pretty sure. Mm. And um, yeah, this like feeling of everything in my life being like fool's gold just suddenly made sense so it was a weird afternoon of like a lot of little dreamy thoughts coming together and I walked straight home and sat down and wrote the chorus like immediately fool's gold shining in the night so easy on the eyes it's that like you were saying when you're traveling and you're on your own and things can feel way more overwhelming than perhaps they would if you were talking to a mate about them yeah. back at home or if you were distracted by work or bits and pieces. But you, if you are truly immersed in that world, the romance of it can feel better or much worse yep. depending on what mood you're swinging in. Yeah, and so influenced by your surroundings, whereas when you're at home you're just like, oh, yeah, that bar, whatever. Mm. But, um, yeah, I don't know. So I, I just sat down and recorded the demo that I've given you today. So this is the night that you wrote it demo. Yeah, I wrote the chorus pretty much all at once. It just came out of me. Okay. It's lol. <laughs> it's lol. <laughs> what an introduction. Have a listen to this. Fool's <laughs> gold. Voice crack just then. I saw a big <laughs> yeah. smile on your face. I love that as well. Oh, uh, balls dropping. <laughs> <laughs> it had to happen at some point. Yeah. Fool's Gold, the demo, the night that you wrote it, Jack River. So then what happened after this demo came into the world? So I got really obsessed with this vision. So I, I, I walked down and got on the subway and I think I just went like riding it and Walking around the city that night, I was like, okay, we're going to just have a self-day and, and, like, hang out with this vision. It got so stuck in my head that I couldn't sleep for three or four days, I remember. And it was just ringing in my head day and night. And when that happens, I know that it's really important that I get home and record it. So I came home and made, like, a really dorky demo. that started to really, really, in a small way, articulate 
the feeling, the production, which was like indulging in the candy golden dream of this person and using it to fuel the production, which I wanted to feel like how euphoric you feel about those people, but also match it with like a driving, don't mess with me kind of feeling by the end of it. I hope that, you know, you know, as a listener that that person is fool's gold and you're strong enough to abandon it. It is that stomp in the song, isn't it? It's relentless. Yeah. And the slow build of all the elements coming in as the song builds on. Yeah, and the chorus just hitting. I just started to like write down and, and draft a production idea. I'd never like completely taken the production process and and made it my own. And with this song, it, it was so like bold within me that I just got really obsessed with writing down production ideas and references and, and this candy shop vision of what I wanted the song to feel like. Tell us about some of those... Uh, references and ideas that you had about production. Yeah, so I've got like four tracks that I referenced. Mm-hmm. Um, SOS by ABBA, I just love the acoustic guitar ringing out through the song and especially in the chorus because so many choruses of our time don't have acoustic guitar. So when you're near me, darling, can't you hear me, SOS? But for me it's like the most emotional thing when you hear like a, a clingy, clangy like... Mm-hmm. Acoustic guitar. Um, Teenage Dirt Bag. I just wanted those like real teen guitars and the like candy vocal, like, she's walking up to you, is very directly inspired by that song. I've got two tickets to Um, Pumped Up Kicks. I knew, like, I just love the bass that drives that, the bass hook. So with like, the largeness of this wall of sound uh, throughout the production process. I'd just take the chorus into iTunes and play it against like the songs I felt had the biggest choruses in the world, like Yellow by Coldplay and some Florence and Machine songs. Just to like make sure we were making this chorus feel as massive as possible. It's a chorus that is one still mellow because the song itself still has this real kind of melancholic golden vibe to it but it still is overwhelming that's a really fine balance to get right yeah I guess like how did you do that oh I don't know (laughs) did you feel over it by the time you finished it as in over the idea of okay I'm I'm not going to chase this fool's gold anymore yeah I mean it's funny and cool that this song is kind of my defining song live and in my career to date at the moment and I do really believe songs come to you to teach you something and if you can complete the lesson in the song you've got a good chance of like completing the lesson in life so I reckon I mean I hope so and this song gave me an anthem to like sing to and play to myself whenever I knew I was chasing more fool's gold 
Yeah. You know that everyone <laughs> sings this as well. I was listening back to your Splendour performance from 2018 that I remember s- sitting in the crowd for, but it's not just the vocals that everyone sings along to, it's your guitar parts. The bass line. It's the bass line. Listen I love to it. This is so funny. <laughs> so great that's amazing yeah um I don't know how that happened but it's bloody great I don't know why certain parts speak to people I guess in saying that when I'm producing every part I try to like tell a story in the melody and that's kind of deep but you can go in and tell a story with how a melody moves it can be like trying to do something and then the next line, it'll like fail at that and then it'll come back again. And so I guess that's my weird like witch way of producing is like trying to <laughs> tell stories in the sound. And who knows if that comes through in Fool's Gold. But yeah, always trying to put weird messages into things. So when I came home from New York, I, I um, called up Xavier Dunn, who I produce everything with, and was like, I need to do this right now. And we got in there and finished it within two days and nobody in my team knew about the song or anything. It was just like, I need to like do this immediately. Um, and he was awesome. We just sat down and were like, okay, let's make Stacey's mom, Teenage Dirtbag and ABBA all mixed together and put like candy shop. There's like a party that you can't hear, we grab some noise from a party, the ocean. Lots of things. It's all in there. Well, we're going to play this once again here on Triple J for Inspired Jack River, talking about the making of Fool's Gold today. I've got one final question for you. It's a yes or no answer, basically. Okay. Does the roller coaster hater know that you he inspired this song? No. Oh. I don't know. I think like people shouldn't know that songs are about them because they're kind of about the world, yeah. not them. So sorry, buddy. Maybe <laughs> I will though after this. I'll send him send him my Linda chat. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> Fool's Gold by Jack River for Inspired. And look, if you liked this episode, then check out the chat that I had with Ali Barter talking about her song Girly Bits. She really divulged the inspiration behind those lyrics. That's something a boyfriend had said to me like two years earlier and I literally never thought about that line till then and it came back to me and I just I just sang it and I was like, wow, where did that come from? You know, I um, hadn't thought about that asshole for ages and um, I'm not an openly angry person so for me it was about finding a way to get my message across and the song sort of sucks you in because it sounds pretty and I'm singing it quite pretty but what I'm saying has a real message behind it but we wanted it to be pretty 
As always, a really great chat with Ali Bada. Thanks heaps for listening and if you feel like it, please rate and subscribe. Goodbye for now.